Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. This week's question's a little different, and it says, Jessica, I hear you're into teeth and gums. I love your podcast so much. It's keeping me sane, and I literally learn something new with every episode, so thank you. I have a lot going on right now, as the whole world does, but all of that pales in comparison to what's going on right inside of my mouth, unfortunately. My issues have been ongoing since I can remember. I had a rare case of having eight wisdom teeth that have been extracted, crooked teeth, braces, crowded mouth, clicking jaw, countless cavities, fillings, you get the point. Now I've been told that I have periodontal disease. I've lost one tooth and had to get a bridge, and now I'm going to lose another and get yet another bridge plus have to get deep cleanings every six months for probably the rest of my life. When I ask the dentist what I can do, they tell me to floss, which I do and have. I do it all. Everything they tell me, natural remedies, all the fancy and expensive tools, you name it, I do it. Is the fate of my mouth written in the stars? Is there anything I can do or is my mouth doomed? I want to be an active member of society and to help those who are suffering in this world, but my mouth health has been taking over my life. Also, I want to add, I don't eat meat anymore, and even when I did, this was also an issue. I take B vitamins and eat very healthy. I do have a tendency to be stressed a lot, though. Any help is so appreciated. And Toothy, I'm calling you Toothy. Toothy is born May 25th, 1984, 424 a.m. in Bishop, California. So it is true, dear Toothy, that I am low-key obsessed with gums and teeth and dental health. It's something that is really important to me as an astrologer, as a medical astrologer, and it's something that's really important to me in my counseling practice because it turns out everybody has teeth and gums, and it's a really common health problem. I mean, your health problem is not super common, but teeth and gums are a very common health problem, and it's a way that I can support clients who aren't coming in for medical issues per se. You know, a little preventative dental care never hurt a girl, right? Am I right? Okay, so I pulled up your chart. Damn, you got a lot of tooth issues. I'm really sorry about that. And I definitely see some indications of teeth and gum issues in your birth chart. So before I get into it, let me say a couple of things. Sometimes our health issues are simply inherited, aka bad luck. So a lot of times when there's gum disease or teeth issues, it's inherited and we can look to one or sometimes both sides of the family, and see a reiteration of gum or tooth disease. That said, you know, with medicine and all the things, we have the potential to do more preventative care, to make adjustments, to get preventative treatments, all of that stuff. That sometimes that really helps. Sometimes, like for instance, it sounds like in your case, it doesn't per se. Now, the other thing I want to say is whenever somebody asks, can this be seen in my chart? Is it written in the stars? Almost always the answer is yes. Our physical health is reflected in the birth chart for sure. Of course it is. Our bodies are a huge part of our lives. They're a huge part of the journey of our lives as we go from children to teens to young adults to adults to mature adults to old ass adults. 
as the body ages, we have different iterations of our health present themselves. As we go through trauma and calamity and, you know, as we also uh, improve our health and have wonderful experiences, the body holds all of that. And really, the body is the one thing that is with you from before you enter this earthly plane until the day you die. It is a huge record keeper. And so, Our physical health is for sure articulated in the birth chart. And that doesn't mean that there is some sort of magical answer in the birth chart, right? It simply means that we can see it articulated that we have a medical issue. Um, We can also see it articulated that there is a spiritual underpinning to that medical issue, uh, which is not necessarily, you know, a medical roadmap. It can be, but it's not necessarily. So, all of that said, my loves, here I do. You have Neptune in the eighth house and it forms a square to the moon in your birth chart. Neptune in the eighth house, certainly square to the moon, often to Mercury, I see is associated with periodontal issues. So there's two layers to this. One layer is the inherited issue of having a predisposition towards gum disease. You know, I don't want everyone to rush to their birth charts to see if they have that. First, talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents, and see who still has their teeth, who has had terrible invasive periodontal procedures or should have, right? You can track this stuff through common sense before you start tracking it through astrology. So let's start with that. The indication, because these are both in water houses, is that this is inherited, okay? So some of that means there might not be preventative things that you could have or should have or would have done that would have inhibited you from having any problem. Now, the spiritual underpinning of why is this an inherited problem, why your gums, is around self-care. It's around the need to protect and provide for yourself in ways that no one can see but you. So, you know, I once was talking to uh, a dental hygienist I worked with, and he told me that people have a tendency to brush the front of their teeth really well because people can see the front of their mouth and brush the back of their mouth really poorly because they don't see it with their eyes. And that just clicked something meaningful in place for me about the symbology of dental and periodontal health. In order to take care of our teeth and our gums, we must prioritize parts of ourselves that no one can see but us, that really truly impact no one but us. And there is a meaningful spiritual lesson in that. I will say, if you're not already, and it sounds like you are, if you're not, and obviously you shouldn't take dental advice from me, an astrologer slash an astrologer on a podcast, obviously, right? Common sense, listen to a dentist, listen to a periodontist 700 times before you listen to me. That said, if you're not already using a water pick, I would strongly advise it because again, your Neptune and Moon are both in water houses. And so using the power of water is a really useful thing to do. If you are going to get that kind of periodontal work or like deep cleanings frequently, if you can financially afford it, my advice to you is to find someone to do cranial sacral work on your jaw and face because that kind of consistent dental work is really hard on your your cranium and on your face. And it means that there's a lot of tension and fear in that part of your body. And it's interesting because, of course, Neptune governs fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And so we want to be able to release it as much as possible. 
if you're not already doing some sort of adrenal support for yourself, some sort of support for the stress and anxiety that this has created in your physiological system, I do encourage you to do that. Again, I say that whilst also wanting to say, don't take medical advice from me. Don't do that. So this is my advice as an astrologer. Then what I want you to do is consult with a physician, consult with a naturopath, whatever your vibe is, and say, I got this advice from a non-medical person. Is this good advice? And if they say, no, it's dumb advice, then don't take it. And if they say, yes, wow, that's great advice, then please do take it. So that is one thing. Now, when you say that you had eight wisdom teeth, I just want to pause and say, I am so sorry. Too much wisdom teeth in your mouth. Too many. That must have been really, really rough for you. I'm absolutely shocked and sad for you that, you, that you've had to deal with that. Slash also having Mercury conjunction to the ascendant as you do, as well, Mars conjunction to Saturn as you do. I'm not shocked to hear that you have had crowding in your mouth because these aspects can indicate crowding in the mouth. And they certainly, certainly the Mars-Saturn aspect of your birth chart indicates a tendency to clench or grind your teeth, which can happen with crowding or not. And I don't know if you have a night guard, but I would imagine that you need a night guard, that you probably do clench or grind And not only is that hard on your teeth and on your jaw, but it's also hard on your gums, the kind of wear and tear down of grinding and clenching. And getting a night guard, if you don't have dental insurance, is very expensive. However, it is also preventative dental health care. And I'm a huge fan of preventative health care. Huge fan. So all of this to say, you are not doomed slash also. Unfortunately, you have some rough stuff with your mouth, right? And I do see you have Pluto intercept the sixth house. And so the need to kind of drop everything to take care of your physiological health is an important part of your chart. And that doesn't mean that everyone with this particular aspect has to do that, but this placement can certainly indicate that. Now, the spiritual lesson in this is, giving yourself permission to be where you're at, even if it is not where you would choose to be. So the part of your question that is actually a much bigger question is when you said, I want to be an active member of society and to help those who are suffering in this world, but my mouth health has been taking over my life. I'm not sure exactly what that means to you, although I am so happy to hear that you want to be a part of the world and that you care about the human suffering that is occurring. But If you're on a plane and the plane is going down and there's a kid sitting next to you, put the air mask on your own face before you put it on the kid's face, right? That's what they say. And that's really good guiding principle. It's if you are dealing with calamitous health issues, then that must be dealt with. It must be dealt with. There may be things that you can do for the world, for others, that are much smaller than what you'd prefer to be doing while things are calamitous. Do those things. Do those things. It's really important to accept where you're at because health issues, they stop us in our tracks because we're meant to be stopped in our tracks. I'm sorry. I really hate it. I don't enjoy it. I don't love having problems with my meat suit um, or the bones that hold it up. But that said, here we are in these meat suits. The main issue of having this Pluto in the sixth house is acceptance. It sounds like you've had a really long and rough road with your mouth, with your teeth, and now your gums. 
I unfortunately want to say that a big part of this is acceptance. It's accepting not that you're doomed, not that this will happen for the rest of your life, but instead acceptance that this is where you are and this is where you've been. There's a way that there's so much grief in that and there's so much pain in that. And I don't want to in any way say like, you should be cool with it because no, of course not. But accepting that this is your situation and that it does inhibit you from doing other things in your life so that you're not torturing or punishing yourself for not doing other things is an important step in this. And I wish that I had some sort of magic bullet for you. But astrology is, as I've said before on the podcast, kind of a mental thing, right? So astrology doesn't heal you. It might give you information that you use to heal yourself, but it does not heal you. It is important for you to truly accept emotionally that this is where you are and this is where you've been so that you can give yourself permission to feel what you feel and be limited in the ways that you are. And then you can use that greater peace with your situation to mobilize in ways that are actually consistent with what you can do in a healthy way, right? And this is true for all of us. Some people have chronic health issues. Some people have calamitous health issues that happen for a time. But all of us will be stopped by our body health from time to time at the very least. It's part of being a human in a meat suit. I want to really encourage you to embrace your humanness. I know it sounds so simple, but it's not. It's not that simple at all. It's, it's, we put all this pressure on ourselves to be productive, to keep on moving. And that's not always possible. It's not always realistic. It's not always the best idea. So again, be kind to yourself with what you've got going on. I don't see that you are doomed. And also you've already had, you know, dentists and periodontists tell you what your medical diagnoses are, what, what is happening. And it sounds like you're doing the physiological work that you need to do to support your body health, your gums and your teeth. And now there's the spiritual work and now there's the psychological and the emotional work in front of you. And that's why you reached out to me. And acceptance is at the centerpiece of all of this. Where we have Pluto, we tend to resist. We tend to fight how we feel, fight where we are. And that is not where our greatest growth happens. It happens around acceptance and presence. And I imagine that there's a fair amount of grief that you need to allow yourself to experience so that you can let it go. And that is not an easy thing. But unfortunately, that's where you're at. Now, Saturn, the reason why Saturn governs teeth is because it governs bones. Where we have Saturn, we have a sense of responsibility and obligation. And so learning how to ask for support and help in a material way is probably an important part of all of this for you. Be gentle with yourself in the process. It's time to stand up and fight for our democracy. We the people are marching to be seen and heard. We are marching to remind our elected officials that they work for us. We are marching because the current regime is a threat to our democracy and our values. We are marching to demand action. On September 21st, we the people will be marching in Washington, D.C. And if you're like me and you can't make it to the D.C. area, there are solidarity marches happening all across this country. Go to wethepeoplemarch.org to get information or get involved. Darlings, I have more astrology for you, maybe even more than you want. There's for an exciting change of pace 
kind of a lot going on this week. We're going to look at September 8th through the 14th, 2019. There is a full moon this week. That'll be on the 13th. I'll get into it in a minute. But whenever there's a full moon, energies kind of get more emo. They get more intense. Additionally, this week and last week, we have a lot of Neptune stuff. So if you're feeling kind of off or on edge or like you're having a hard time with focus, don't worry. It's written in the stars. And that doesn't mean you're trapped and there's nothing you can do, but it does mean you're not alone. And it does mean that your system is trying to get you to simplify. So in whatever ways you can, to whatever extent you can, simplify your activities today, tomorrow, whatever. It is important that you can sustain whatever it is you have going on. So let me tell you about the week in the stars. We have on the 8th, a couple of transits that are exact. So, you know, when I give you these dates, different transits have a different, you know, scope of influence, a different amount of days that they last. But these dates I give you are when the transit is exact. So you might feel it leading up or after it passes, after it's exact. So a couple days, right? On the 8th, we have a sun square to Jupiter. We also have Mercury trying to Pluto and Mars trying to Saturn. These are very different transits. So I'm going to tell you what they mean, and then I'm going to give you the upshot. So a sun square to Jupiter can be a time when you feel called towards extremes, when you feel kind of enthusiastic, willing to learn. Jupiter is related to faith. Neptune is as well, but in a different way. Jupiter is excitable and the sun is your identity. It's your sense of self. And so this can be a fantastic time for opening up and being courageous. Adversely, because it's a square, there's a risk that you kind of leap without looking, that you jump into a room and like do a little dance and show people how happy you feel before testing the temperature of the room and seeing if people are actually receptive to that or if something else is going on. Jupiter governs foot in the mouth. And with a square from the sun to Jupiter, you can act in ways that actually kind of upset things a bit or upset people without realizing it. It's like well-intended blunders can happen under this influence. So use a little caution and make sure that you're listening as much as you talk. Now, the Mercury trying to Pluto is really excellent for making connections, figuring things out. If there is a problem, Pluto governs like research, deep penetrating research. And Mercury is the mind. It's the mental investigation. There's something you need to figure out. If there's a problem you need to understand, excellent energy to get that done. That is a wonderful thing. If you want to connect to people, this can actually incline you to having really deep conversations or meaningful conversations with others in a way that's really inspiring for you and inspiring for them. The only downside is that one can be a bit gullible or persuasive, depending on your personality and your situation. Don't be gullible. Read the fine print, that kind of good stuff. Finally, Mars trying to Saturn is excellent for getting things done. Mars is the doer, and Saturn, in a very different way, is also the doer of the zodiac. Saturn is executing plans that will develop over time, and Mars is getting things did. And so Mars trying to Saturn can represent really effective energy for moving forward with plans. If you have to do a job interview, if you want to reach out to a potential employer or collaborator, excellent energy around this day to do that. The upshot of all three of these transits is as long as you are willing to be humble, to listen, and to not act before you think, this is an excellent set of transits to make use of. It is wonderful. 
And I would say if you're going to make use of these transits, I urge you to really lean on the 7th and the 8th because as of the 9th, we will start to feel the influence of the sun opposition to Neptune, which is exact on the 10th. Now, sun opposition to Neptune, this is yet another opposition. If you've listened to last week's episode, um, you will remember such hits as Venus opposite Neptune and Mercury opposite Neptune. Sun opposite Neptune is difficult because the sun is your vital energies, right? It's your vitality. And Neptune is the great sieve in the sky. So it can really drain our sense of vitality physically or psychologically. There's a bigger reason why Neptune is the spiritualizer. Neptune wants us to turn away from industry and towards what is true and real and of authentic meaning. It sounds really beautiful when I say it like that. It is beautiful. It's just really difficult when you have to like pick up the kids and like, you know, take a test and respond to emails and make decisions about life. So it can be kind of an exhausting or overwhelming day. And depending on your nature and your situation, you might experience agitation, you might experience fatigue. You know, there's a lot of ways that people feel these energies, but a day before, a day after, and very much on the 10th. So it's not a long transit. The key here is to actually utilize your spiritual toolkit. Because we're talking about an opposition, as I've said before on the podcast, oppositions are often projected outwards, which means you may play a role for someone or someone may play a role for you. So you might be doing your, you know, best being super woo and super checked in and super healthy. And then someone cuts you off in traffic because they're not paying attention because they are experiencing the Neptune transit in the way they do. Or someone might act in really arrogant ways towards you because the way they respond to uncertainty or anxiety is by being arrogant or demanding. People have really their own ways of experiencing vulnerability. So you might be doing your great job and then somebody comes at you with some bullshit and then you have to choose how to respond. It is easy to be light and love and crystals in your bra when everything is going well. And it is a lot harder when someone steps on your toe really hard and doesn't apologize to keep the energy flowing and stay in your highest self. This will be a challenge and it's a challenge you are ready to meet, my loves, even if you fail. Even if you falter, you will have the chance to learn from your own responses and your own relationship to uncertainty and where you go with it. Neptune is kind of the opposite. I mean, it's not technically an opposite, but it is kind of like the opposite energies to the planet Mars. Mars is your ego. Mars is get up and do and have something come of it. And Neptune is release matter, release form, release attachment. It's very different energies. And I mention this because on the 12th, we have a Mars square to Jupiter. So there will be an overlap of these two transits on the 11th. Here's the thing. Mars square to Jupiter on its own, I actually think is a really fun transit. It can make you really irritable. It can make you jump to conclusions. It can make you feel defensive. Sure. But it can also make you feel brave and make you feel open and make you feel like you are willing to take a damn chance in real time on yourself. Unfortunately, because of the overlap with the sun, Neptune, and I will get to it, the full moon, what we run the risk of doing is being truly defensive about something that we believe. Now, Jupiter is, as I said before, it's about faith. It's about what you believe. 
Mars is, I'm going to take this for my own. I deserve this. I worked hard. And so it's really important in this transit and certainly in this larger period of of human development where we have, as I've talked about before, Saturn and Pluto both in the sign of Capricorn, Uranus in Taurus and Neptune in Pisces. It is really important in light of all of these things to never, ever think that you have the right to shit on someone else's humanity because you're protecting your own. It's kind of like the rules of the game, the rules of morality. Jupiter is morality. The rules of morality can't be situational, can they? I don't know. Maybe you think they can. I kind of don't. I mean, there's exceptions to everything I say in a heavy-handed way, but sure, I don't, I don't think that they can be uh, situational. If you think it is wrong to ignore the humanity in others, then it's wrong to ignore the humanity in others, even shitty others, even truly terrible and shitty others. And it is important to remember that it doesn't mean you don't get to have boundaries. It doesn't mean you don't ha- get to have anger or hurt or to protect yourself or to stand up for yourself or for others. But it does mean that if doing those things requires you to ignore or debase the humanity in them, somewhere along the way, you're using the perpetrator's toolkit, which unfortunately injures the integrity, the emotional integrity of your approach, which ultimately means it hurts you. It's not not easy to carry the load of hate. It isn't. If you're not already doing this, and this is a little bit of a, an aside, but if you're not already doing this, I hope you're listening to older people. Now, me personally, I'm in my mid-40s, and I might be an older person to you. However, I'm talking about people who've already gone through their second Saturn return, which happens at the end of your 50s. I want to encourage you to be listening to people in their 60s, in their 70s, in their 80s. I want to encourage you to be listening to the wisdom of others, and to see how hatred and resentment ages on a person, and to see how the capacity to forgive, not talk about forgiveness, but actually to forgive, to let go of attachment to pain and to hurt, how that ages. We have this world that we live in where we're so separate. It's a real shame. It is a real shame because we are missing out on so much of what life is and what it can be. And so I'm giving you that piece of homework, my loves. I think it matches the astrology slash also it's just good advice. So all of this said, we got to talk about the harvest moon on the 13th. It is a full moon at 21 degrees of Pisces, and it is happening on the 13th at 933 p.m. Pacific. If you're on the East Coast of the U.S. or, you know, if you're in Europe, you're going to be seeing it for the 14th. You know, do the math. So 21 degrees of Pisces is the moon. And the sun, that means, is at 21 degrees of Virgo. Full moon always occurs when the sun and moon are exactly opposite each other. Now, in this particular full moon chart, we have a lot going on. We have a beautiful sun trying to Pluto. We have Mars opposition to Neptune. Remember how I mentioned that these are really different energies. And we have a Mercury conjunction to Venus. Additionally, moon and Neptune are very close to each other. It's not an exact conjunction, but it's conjunct. And Sun and Mars are not exactly conjunct, but very close to each other. And these planets all form a T-square to Jupiter. Okay, so Jupiter. 
Jupiter is an important theme here, as is the Pisces-Virgo polarity. Your search for truth is, in some ways, a search for meaning. In some ways, it is a search for understanding how to evaluate life, your actions, your choices, how to evaluate what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. And what the truth isn't is a magic bullet. It's just not a magic bullet. Understanding the truth does not mean you have peace. Peace is something that comes from emotional work. Peace comes from time. This particular full moon is a really powerful one to seek the truth. But I don't mean the truth about whether or not he meant to send that text or whether or not she's like copying my style or something like that. It's not about a surface truth. This is about your morals. It's about what you believe in, what you're willing to let go of, and what you're willing to do for what you believe in. With so much happening in the world, you know, there's a lot of stress and strain around this. And I've noticed that a lot of people, you know, are reaching out to me and telling me how anxious they are and how upset they are and they don't know why. And they don't necessarily identify with, I'm worried about the world and that's what's keeping me up at night. But I think that's the case for a lot more people than they're really willing or able to admit because we're in a new place. We're in a new place as a global community. We are connected to each other and we do owe something to each other, don't we? How do you take care of yourself and take care of others when you feel out of control? Well, this full moon is going to trigger these kinds of questions. We are not meant to find an answer like a destination. We are meant to find the truth that allows us to evaluate our options, that helps us to direct our attention and our ambitions. And so make sure this full moon, that whatever woo stuff you do, it's not to figure out a single point answer, like fortune telling style, because then you're missing the point. Coming up with an evaluative template, a way of identifying what are the questions I need to ask myself in order to know whether this is a yes or a no for me, whether or not this is resonant for me, that's invaluable. It's invaluable to your process and it's invaluable to your ability to live a life that you feel good about, that feels right to you. And I say that with the full understanding that we all make a bunch of compromises often, some of us all the time, some of us less often, but we all make compromises. We all have to. This is the world. This is life. This is being an adult and it's okay. So what do you do? Friends, what do you do? You do your best. And on the days where you can't do your best, you commit to trying harder tomorrow. That's what you damn do. Otherwise, this becomes a heavy load to bear. This full moon may really require a sense of a test of faith, a sense of like not feeling confident about what comes next. And I want to acknowledge that this might make you feel really overwhelmed. On this full moon, we have four planets in the sign of Virgo. Four planets, it's a lot of planets. The Sun and Mars are in Virgo. Venus and Mercury are also in Virgo, and they're both at the 29th degree, which is a really powerful degree. All these planets are in Virgo. Virgo is analytic and discerning and wants to like dig in on the details. Neptune and the moon are in Pisces. They want to like intuit the truth or feel into the answer. And 
Jupiter just wants the answer, (laughs) like a big picture truth. So this is a wonderful test of your ability to investigate without attachment, to be present without attachment, but to stay present. That's the key, staying present, because this energy can inspire you to deflect, evade, or escape. And that would be a waste. I mean, hey, if that's all you can do, I respect you. That's life. But it would be it would be a bit of a wasted opportunity, honestly. I will say on the more witchy tip, full moons are not when you pull things in. Do not call in new love during a full moon. Full moon is when you let it go. You let go of your ex. You let go of your attachment to feeling lonely. It's when you, you know, you don't charge your crystals under the full moon. You clear your crystals under the full moon. So if you're going to be doing any kind of ritual work, my encouragement for you is to make sure that you are using the energy appropriately and releasing as much as possible whatever flotsam is in your inner waters. This is a good time to release the junk that you've been collecting mentally, emotionally, even in your closet if you want. It's really about clearing out the cobwebs, the gross, difficult, annoying cobwebs of your mind, which might be thoughts, it might be attitudes, it might be attachment to the past or to what you think the future is going to be. This is an opportunity that you might not feel is an opportunity. You might feel like things are happening to you or at you and that you don't have agency, but agency is exactly what you have. Free will is exactly what you have. Choice is what you have. Choice to be intentionally responsive instead of emotionally reactive. You have the free will, the choice to step into your vulnerability instead of abandoning yourself with distractions or stories about what everyone else is or isn't doing or thinking or feeling. You cannot know what's coming tomorrow. And I speak to you as a goddamn psychic. You can't know what's coming tomorrow, but you can know what you're doing right now. And that's where your power is, here and now. I encourage you to embrace it, my loves. Now, the final thing I'll tell you for this week is on the 14th, Mercury and Venus both move into the sign of Libra. And this is just a lovely shifting of the guards. Honestly, in concert with everything that's going on, I don't know that you're really going to notice it. If you're going to notice it, I don't think you're going to notice it on the 14th or anything, but it's important for me to mention, and maybe it was a nice way to end this part of the horoscope. So there it is, me using Mercury and Venus in diplomatic Libra as a nice way to tie the bow on this week's horoscope. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, subscribe to it wherever you listen to it, because believe it or not, for a little indie podcast like me, that is a valuable thing. Rate it, star it, hug it, snuggle it, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, share it with your frenemies. If you have a question for me to answer on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. And you can submit your question at ghostofapodcast.com. Dot com. There's a little question form for you to fill out, fill it out. And I would love to answer it and uh, have a great week. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Every year they say the end is near.